Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at infointegritygm.com or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through his word. Be blessed. We will be in Joel chapter 3. First of all, we're going to read the first eight verses, and then we're going to talk about these verses. All right, we'll start with um, Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my inheritance, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. They have also cast lots for, lots for my people, traded a boy for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Moreover, what are you to me, O Tyre, Sidon, and all the regions of Philistia? Are you rendering me a recompense? But if you do recompense me swiftly and speedily, I will return your recompense on your head, since you have taken my silver and my gold, brought my precious treasure to your temples, and sold the sons of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their territory. Behold, I am going to arouse them from the place where you have sold them, and return your recompense on your head. Also I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the sons of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians, to a distant nation, for this, for the Lord has spoken. So we're still in the context of this awesome day of the Lord, that if you went through the first two podcasts, we understand there's a day of the Lord in the present context in which they're dealing with, with the locusts that have come and have destroyed the agriculture within the land. It has left them desperate for an answer. The prophet Yoel is saying to the people that this is God's army. God is speaking through him that God has allowed this judgment to come upon them. So he calls them to a repentance, not just for a few people within the land, not just looking at the leaders, but all the inhabitants of the land, the elders, including the priests, to come together to cry out to God and to look at God, to look at the character of God and understanding God's character. If they truly repent from the heart, then this can stop. But then he goes beyond that and starts looking, I believe, in the future, starting in chapter 2, verse 18 about a day of the Lord that is coming in which God's going to pour out his spirit. There will be signs in the sky before this awesome day of the Lord, how the judgment of God is coming and the ultimate understanding of the day of the Lord, or I should say the way to understand it, whether it is a present context or the context at the end of all things, is that God's going to put everything right. He's going to set things in the right way, and he's going to uphold the righteous, those that have followed him and put their faith in him, and he's going to bring judgment against the wicked. And this time in the future in which God does this, Judah will never be a reproach to the nations again. They will never see destruction come against them again 
they will never be a reproach where others will look at them and ridicule them because there's going to be a national repentance that takes place where in totality, from the heart, they're going to cry out to God. And so we understand from Peter's uh, sermon in Acts chapter 2 that what he understood, the coming of the Holy Spirit, was a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel had prophesied about, a day of the coming of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. I believe that that is the beginning of the fulfillment of it, but there's a greater fulfillment of it with a national repentance that takes place from the whole nation. In Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit was upon 120 Jews, and he understood that they all received the Holy Spirit, and this is what the prophet Joel had prophesied about. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It comes from chapter 2, starting in verse 28. Now, and it's about the promise of the Holy Spirit. However, there's a ultimate, I believe, fulfillment of this when there's a day of national repentance. And last time we talked about Zechariah chapter 12. In Zechariah chapter 12, there's a national repentance that takes place from the heart when God pours out a spirit of grace and a spirit of supplication over the house of David, the inhabitants in the land, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And then it began to talk about in totality how the whole, uh, all the families of the land will mourn for the one whom was pierced. And it will be a cleansing like a fountain that cleanses from sin and impurity within the land. Chapter 13, they will not allow the false prophets to prophesy anymore. Chapter 14, as the nations are gathered against Jerusalem, uh, against the city, we see that God is going to put his foot on the Mount of Olives. He will destroy those that have come against Jerusalem and Judea and the Jewish people, and then he will uphold them. He will destroy those nations, but he will uphold Jerusalem, Mount Zion, and the Jewish people at that time. Now, this happens after they mourn for the one whom was pierced. God sends a spirit of grace and supplication, and they look upon me, upon God, whom they have pierced, and they mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. They weep bitterly over it like they would weep over the firstborn that has passed away. So we look at this national repentance that has taken place, and after that, you see the day of the Lord and God's judgment against the wicked and God upholding Jerusalem and the Jewish people and God being their Savior and their Deliverer. This is what we're going to see in chapter 3 as well. In chapter 3, we're looking at what takes place on the awesome day of the Lord. This is a context at the end. We see that God's judgment will come against the nations that have come against the Jewish people, against the city of Jerusalem. Earlier, Alan read the first eight verses. We're looking at Tyre and Sidon in the north. Today, that is southern Lebanon, and we're seeing that the enemies from the north, and then you look at Philistia, the arch enemies, the ancient enemies of the Israelites in the south. 
in the five Philistine cities. You had Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, and you had Goth. And you look at these cities and how for centuries they fought against the Israelites, fought against the tribe of Don, the tribe of Judah, and it was such a fierce battle between the two, and they could never defeat the Philistines. In fact, after A.D. 70, when the Romans defeated Jerusalem in the rebellion against the, against the Roman people, the Romans renamed the land Palestine in honor of the Philistines to mock the Jewish people. So we look at the enemies to the south, the enemies to the north, We look at the enemies to the West that came and took the Jewish people into slavery, that God will bring recompense upon them. And instead of the Jews being sold into slavery, they will be sold into slavery and given to the the Saveans, who is a distant country, a distant nation. It will come back upon them, those from the West that came in and took the Jewish people away. Now the recompense will come back upon them. So we see the judgment of God against the nations. Now when you go into Zechariah chapter 12, the nations that have come against Jerusalem, you're going to see the same understanding that God will destroy them. All the nations that have come against Jerusalem, they are coming against God. And that is also in a time frame at the end of all things in Zechariah chapter 12. We also see the day of repentance in totality in Zechariah chapter 12. But when we look at here in Joel chapter 3, judgment of God in the valley of decision, in the valley of Yahweh, in the valley of Jehoshaphat, God will make a decision and he will put things back in the right way. And he will be the vengeance for the Jewish people and what has been done against them. Now we're going to look at this time and read verses 9 through 17 and continue with this understanding. And the last four verses will be about the blessings that will come to Judah. But let's read verses 9 through 17. Right. Joel chapter 3, verse 9. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare a war. Rouse the mighty men. Let all the soldiers draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am a mighty man. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down, O Lord, your mighty ones. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put the sickle, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth tremble. But the Lord is a refuge for his people and a stronghold to the sons of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. So Jerusalem will be holy, and strangers will pass through it no more. And when we look at strangers pass through it no more, will pass through it no more, it's about strangers, foreigners that have come in to try to destroy the city. On the day of the Lord, and the day of decision, 
God is calling his people to get ready to go to war. Even the weak will be strong. And what God is saying through the prophet Joel on this day, at the end, the day of the Lord, the awesome day of the Lord, God will fight for them. God will be their strength. And they will not be fighting just a natural battle against one army against the other. God will be fighting the battle for them. And you have to remember, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, to back up just a little bit, all of this is preceded by a national repentance from the heart where they cry out to God and God sets everything right. It's a time in which after this repentance takes place, they will never be a reproach to the nations again. So this is a future understanding that has not been fulfilled, that will be fulfilled at the end. And we also understand this will be a time where God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. What Peter is prophesying about is that the beginning of this fulfillment is starting on the day of Pentecost. But there is a day in which this will be completely fulfilled, where all mankind, all flesh, will know the Spirit of God poured out upon them. And this is during the time of the day, awesome day of the Lord, where God sets everything correct. Amen. That's the reason why I'm, I believe Zechariah 12 represents that national repentance before God and all of these things come together and collide together where you can see this prophecy taking place. Now let's read the last four verses about Judah will be blessed. Part of the day of the Lord is not just judging the wicked, but is also upholding the righteous, those that have come to him through repentance. Joel chapter 3, um, starting at verse 18. And in that day the mountains will drip, drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk, and the brooks of Judah will flow with water, and a spring will go out from the house of the Lord to water the valley of Shittinim. Egypt will become a waste, and Edom become a desolate wilderness, because the violence done to the sons of Judah, in whose land they have shed innocent blood. But Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem for all generations. And I will avenge their blood, which I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Amen. Here you see the blessings of God upon Judah. We see this is part of the day of the Lord. This also comes after their national repentance, where they will never be a reproach to the nations again. We see the blessings of God taking place. Now think about this in the context of where they are, 9th century B.C. All the land has been destroyed because of these locusts, waves of locusts that have come and destroyed the agriculture. He's calling them to national repentance. But now he's going into the future and talking about their blessing after this national repentance that I believe is at the end of all, all things, the end of the age, the end of all time as we know it. And the blessings that come include the land again. Talking the, the mountains will drip with sweet wine and the hills will flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah will flow with water. The blessings upon the land, which is a blessing upon the people. 
and a spring will go out from the house of the Lord to water the valley of Shittim. Egypt will become a waste. That's another ancient enemy of Israel. And Edom, the, the Edomites from Esau, will become a desolate wilderness. Remember the prophecy chronologically right before Joel is Obadiah. In Obadiah, God says Edom will not be a nation anymore. They will never continue to be a nation once God destroys them. And Edom will become a desolate wilderness. And that did happen to Edom because of the violence done to the sons of Judah in whose land they have shed innocent blood, but Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem for all generations. And I will avenge their blood, which I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. God is the one that brings forth vengeance. God is the one that puts everything back in the right order. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Israel. He is the one that is watching over his people that rejected him, but with a promise that I'll scatter you, but with another promise I'll bring you back into the land and I'll redeem you from the inside out and I'll give you a new heart and I'll put my spirit within you and I will be your God and you will be my people and the nations will know how holy God is by what he does through them to redeem them from the inside out. And the nations that come against Israel on the day of the Lord, that awesome day of the Lord, God will bring about judgment and God will uphold the Jewish people. Amen. And the land will prosper again. The land will, uh, will come alive again. And God will be their God and they will be his people and from Zion, the kingdom of God will be established where all flesh will know the spirit of God. This, let me read chapter 2, verse 28 again. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On the day of Pentecost, it was 120 Jews that later on the Samaritans will understand, later on the Gentiles will understand. But we're talking about all flesh, all mankind will receive the Spirit of God. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. It will be the rule and the reign of the Messiah and God's Spirit that saturates all flesh. It will be a work of God's Spirit. Amen. And so this day has come, it is here, and it is yet to be fulfilled completely in the future, but God's Word is true. Let's pray. Alan, can you close us in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your Word, God. We thank you for this um, prophecy by Joel, Lord, and I just pray, God, that anyone listening, God, would you would just speak to them through your Holy Spirit, God. Say what you want to say to them, Lord. And just continue, God, to let us understand the revelation of your word. Understand the revelation that you have already defeated the enemies, God. You have spoken it, God, through your prophets, Lord. And you are not a man that you should lie. And what you say is true and has happened and will happen, God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this victory, God. We thank you that we have your spirit today. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are going to do at the end of time, through the nation of Israel, and for us and for all of your people, Lord. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 
If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at integritygm.com and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at Integrity Global Missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.